challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Great to have you with me here on the Great Man Podcast. Let me tell you a couple of things before I dive into my topic today. Some wonderful things are happening here at Great Man. First of all, we now have an audiobook version of Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. You'll see that on Amazon. You can download it digitally. You can buy the CDs. Uh, you can buy an MP3. This is a great new addition to the reach that we want to have for this book and impacting men. So avail yourself of it. Also, if you're a Bible reader, there is now a version devotional, now a version Bible reading plan based on Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. Pretty exciting. They take scriptures, they marry them to actual text from the book. It's a two-week program, not very long. Listen, you want to work through this if you're a Bible reader. You want to get your men working through this. You want to get your men's ministry or whatever it is you're involved in working through this. It's just two weeks, but they'll read scriptures. Those men who read this, they'll read scripture, and they'll also dive into some sample texts from the book that will then lead them on to the book if they haven't read it before. So two new products for you, the audiobook of Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and a version Bible reading reading plan based on Mansfield's book of Manly Men. Dive in, enjoy, recommend them, get it out there on social media. Appreciate it. Hey, I want to do something unusual, something I occasionally do, but I want to answer questions today. We get lots of questions here at Great Man, and I've had lots of questions come in about some very important topics. So I'm going to rapid fire questions as just as quickly as I can. You know, I can be sometimes a little long-winded because I care about these answers. I'm going to try to get as many questions in as possible and uh, answer as many as I can here just in the next few minutes. So let's get to it. Uh, there's a man, uh, a bunch of men, in fact, have asked me about screen time. How do you limit screen time? Uh, how do you get on top of that? So let me give you some thoughts about this. The issue of screen time really has to do with other people. If you're taking time from other people, if you're sitting there like I often see in restaurants, four people at a table, all of them on their cell phones, um, then you're being inappropriate. You need to not take time from other people. You need to not be sitting there being rude. Uh, you need to not be withdrawn from the important conversations and engagements around you. At the same time, I want to say this. Screen time alone is not necessarily evil. I think the issue is manage it and manage it in a way that it's constructive and private. Uh, I'm going to be on an airplane uh, here in a few days to the Middle East. I'll be flying about 15 hours there and about 15 hours back. I will probably be on my iPad the whole time. Now, that sounds really unhealthy, doesn't it? But what I'll be doing is the issue. I will be, yes, reading the Bible. I will be reading books. Uh, I will be watching video. I will be listening to podcasts. I will be writing. All of it will be on my iPad, which is the only one of my two writing devices, my MacBook Pro or my uh, iPad, that I will take with me. But I'm taking my iPad on this trip. So yeah, I'll be staring at a screen probably the whole time that I'm not asleep. But I will be doing good things, productive things. The issue is not that I'm looking at a screen. I don't think that's really the issue. I use the filters and the reverse videos and so on so I don't burn out my eyes. And yes, probably of those 15 hours, I'll spend 10 on my iPad. But I'll be productive. I'll be doing a variety of things. Um, I'll be enhanced by the time I get back. My point is not to defend screen time. My point is to say that basically our screens have become our newspapers and our books and our little mini movie theaters and our transistor radios from back in the 50s and a whole bunch of devices. And it's not wrong that you're on them. 
the issue has to do with other people. So use your screen, use it redemptively, use it for good purposes, use it for all the variety of purposes that are possible. The issue really comes to the social time. It comes when you should be talking to other people, when you should be engaging your spouse, when you should be with your children, when you should be meaningfully with people you're having dinner with. Put it away at dinner, put it away at meals, hide it out of the way when you go home for the first hours when you're back from work. You understand what I'm saying. Watch that addiction, watch that draw. And as long as you are using Using it redemptively and using it as much out of sight as possible, I think you're okay. I'm not as concerned about screen time as I am about social media and screen time taking away from other important relationships. I spend a lot of time on my screens, obviously, for what I do. I'm technically on a screen right now as I record this. But what I'm doing is valuable, uh, I trust. What I'm doing is my is work. I don't consider this negative screen time. So be careful about not allowing screen time uh, to be labeled automatically negative. But what I also do now is I keep my phone, my iPad, I keep it out of view. I only use it pretty much when I'm alone. Uh, I use it in all of its multifaceted glory, and I do not let it keep me from relationships. I don't set it on the table at dinner. I don't, you know, have it out all the time when I'm with people. I hide it. I put it away. And some people have even asked me if I even have a cell phone, and I'm really, really grateful for that answer. So manage it by hiding it a little bit. Manage it by prioritizing relationships, but don't feel like you have to manage it by not doing the total hours of screen time. It's all about who you're with and who you're stealing from to do your online life. Another man asked me about divorce, and he said, I'm divorced. I didn't want the divorce. My wife left me, um, and I want to be a good man with my children. I, I want to I want to be a, a great man. Uh, how do I do this? Great question. Um, I'm uh, as opposed to divorce as a man can be, but if you have to go through a divorce, then this is actually a great opportunity for you to impact your children. First of all, go through the divorce in a way that you are not damaged and you are not given to bitterness. You're going to need to get some help. You may need to get a counselor. You're certainly going to have to have have a band of brothers, but let your children see you go through that hard time uh, and emerge as a man. Uh, master yourself as a man. Get on top of your heart as a man. Thrive on the other side as a man. Don't give in to bitterness. Don't sit around and bellyache about your ex-spouse. Uh, don't taint your children with that anger and that resentment. Okay. Uh, second of all, when your children, are pro- if you have some kind of shared parenting arrangement, when your children come to be with you, um, let them step into the world of a real man. I mean, everything from take them out for big adventures to love them well, to teach them to honor and bless their mother. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? A big hearted man, a noble man, a man who's free of bitterness, a man who's given to adventures, a man who's serving others and, and living life on a large scale. Uh, your children will be visiting uh, uh, your world as though they're coming to a foreign country in a sense, especially if their majority of their time is with their mother. Um, so fine, just I'm not saying try to impress them. I'm just saying build the life you're supposed to build and let them come and taste of it. One of the greatest moments I've ever had is at my 50th birthday party. My son, uh, without being prompted at all, stood up, gave a speech, and basically said, you know, the greatest measure of my father is how he has rebuilt and thrived on the other side of a divorce. Because I, as I've said publicly many times, I have been through a divorce that I did not want. And yet I, my son was able to see the kind of man I was at least trying to be and what I was trying to accomplish. And of course, he, be, he has become one of the primary beneficiaries of that in every way. So that is what you want to accomplish. Um, the And by the way, I know of one situation where a man is divorced, but he actually uh, pulled in 
uh, the new husband of his ex-wife and said, look, um, all the only income free here, you know, I'm not holding anything against you, but let's, let's, let's be real men impacting these, these, uh, these children. And he's actually made the, her, his wife's ex-wife's new husband, a partner in the imprint of manhood on the children. And they read some of the same books and they talk about it and they've actually become friends. That that's something I got to tell you. Uh, I'm not sure how much I'd have of that in my soul, but I admire it deeply. And if you can do that, that's fantastic. So that's the answer. Um, it's not so much about you can't keep the divorce from happening. You can't control what your ex-wife does. What you can do is build a life and a world that your kids come into and they drink from noble manhood and they see a big hearted man and they see a serving man and they see a man who, who cares about them and is free of bitterness and is rising on the other side of a divorce um, in a way that they admire. That's what you want. And uh, above all things, keep away from the smallness of bitterness. Okay. This next question is rather graphic. Be warned, parents, women listening. Um, a man asks me about how do you break uh, the cycle of masturbation in your life? Okay. I want to say some words I want you to remember forever. Conquerseries.com. There is a fantastic program just about this, just about porn, just about all of this secret life of, of uh, sexual addiction uh, that is really good. It's a combination of higher truth and mind science. I really want you to get it. This is the, my main answer to this question. Conquer series. Conquer, just like the word conquer, you know, conquer the conquer Spain or Spain conquering. Um, conquerseries.com. Brilliant stuff. You need it. You need to digest it. Pull together your band of brothers and get this stuff into your souls. But let me give you briefly uh, what I believe about this. First of all, you'll hear me say, and you've heard, you heard me say in other podcasts, that uh, secret life of porn and masturbation is just divorce training. It's a, it's a horrible training of your life. Um, for overstimulation and for stimulation by things that aren't real. Some guys think, well, I'm doing this until I get married. No, what you're going to be doing this after you get married, and it could very well ruin your marriage. So here are some practical truths. The fact is that we rehabituate about in about 21 days. It takes about 21 days for the brain synapses to learn new patterns over the patterns you've previously taught them. If every day at 8 o'clock in the morning I had five Oreos, after about 21 days, uh, my body would actually want and desire and begin to develop a, a, a low-level addiction to Oreos at 8 o'clock every morning. Whatever you habituate the brain to, it develops the brain synapses to accommodate that, and this is what the biological side of habit is. So there's certainly the moral side. But then even after you've uh, uh, embraced the moral, a new moral vision, which obviously this man has and asking how he gets out of the cycle of masturbation, then, then you still have to retrain the brain. So what I want you to do is think in terms of those 21 days, okay? Obviously, get your guys to hold you accountable. Tell them what's going on. This will break up some of the shame and get it to be a, a battle that other guys can kind of hold you accountable to, and you won't just be alone. But uh, what, what I want you to do is when you feel the temptation to go and masturbate, do something else. Now, that sounds silly. Uh, like I'm saying, well, just don't do it. What I'm saying is do something specific that's different. Um, I know a guy who had a horrible private life of porn and masturbation. He wanted to rehabituate his brain. So uh, he lived in a house with a basketball court in the backyard. And so literally in, in a place with great weather. So every time he, he wanted to go into the bathroom or bedroom or wherever and, 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 and do his private stuff. Instead, this was just his choice, by the way, it wasn't anything I recommended. He'd go and shoot hoops. So what he was doing was retraining his brain. Every time he felt that temptation, he retrained his brain over time. 
that that desire not only went away in general, um, but it but it era- obviously what he was doing was rehabituating. So he still had sexual desire. Men are always going to have sexual desire, but he didn't think sexual desire equals masturbation. Sexual desire equals porn. So instead, what he did was he rehabituated his brain. Now, it wouldn't really have mattered that much if he'd gone and hammered nails or if he'd gone and clean, emptied the dishwasher every time he felt those desires or if he'd run a mile. The point is do something else, do something specific else uh, and do it every time retrain the brain in a completely different direction. Uh, I know a guy who starts to read. Now, that's a little bit quiet and passive for some guys who are feeling strong sexual urge urges. Most guys need to do something physical. I know some jock types who drop down and start doing push-ups. Uh, I know one guy, because he works at home, literally gets into a cold shower every time. Now, I don't know that that's that productive because he's not going to ultimately do that. But what he's attempting to do is get the brain used to doing something different when it's used to masturbating and looking at porn. You can retrain your brain. And by the way, this Conquer series is really, really going to help you with that. Okay? So get the Conquer series, get accountable, do something else when you feel the temptation, specifically something else. What you're doing is not just, oh my gosh, I, I feel tempted. I need to go and you know, create pain, or I need to go and get distracted by cleaning the house or, you know, whatever, working in the garage. No, what you're trying to do is force the brain to build synapses in a different direction. And by the way, if that thing you're doing is something new, that's even better if you can do it that way. Okay. Uh, some, some questions for me. Um, Guys have asked me, what's one of the books that most impacted me when it came to manhood? No Question, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge is my favorite kind of faith-based book for men. The most important academic book, though, the most important book in terms of understanding what the downward trend of manhood is in our times, is called The Feminization of American Culture by Anne Douglas. Anne Douglas is a, a scholar at Columbia uh, very eminent on other subjects, but she's written this amazing book. It's still in print. Um, you can still get it, although it's not widely out there and available. But The Feminization of American Culture by Anne Douglas. Really, really good. Uh, some guys have asked some grooming tips. I did it once did a podcast, and I will again on some grooming ideas. Although I got to tell you, if you're getting your grooming ideas from me, you're probably in trouble. <laughs> but still... <coughs> Excuse me. Here are some grooming tips that uh, uh, some guys asked me about. What's the number one uh, grooming? What's what's the biggest good idea you've had about grooming? Uh, two things. One is I switched from shaving cream to shaving oil, and it's made a huge difference. Um, some guys are surprised to find that shaving oil is of any good. It's something that people uh, used more in the Victorian era. It's come back into style. I have little bottles, tiny bottles, about the size of my thumb of shaving oil, literally four or five drops does my entire beard, and I have a thick beard. Um, it's better for travel. It's better for hydrating the skin. Uh, I get a better shave. Um, I do it in the shower and, um, I find it to be wonderful that you don't have these big cans going around. Traditional shaving cream, cream dries your skin. Um, so this is more efficient. It's more compact. Uh, it's not likely to blow up on an airplane, which sometimes used to happen to me. There's anything under pressure on a plane, certain situations that can blow up in your suitcase. I don't mean bring the plane down. I just mean put shaving cream all over your, the inside of your suitcase, um, I find it to be amazing. The other thing is uh, that I have uh, trimmers. I have these little electric trimmers. I have two homes, one in Nashville, one in D.C., have one in each, have one in my suitcases. Um, Really make a difference. Trimming, 
uh, tending yourself, eyebrows, nose hair, ear hair, whatever makes a huge difference. And so these things are only like 15, 16 bucks on Amazon. I have maybe four or five of them. Those have made a huge difference. Some guys have asked me what deodorant I use. Don't mind telling you I use Mitchum Sport Unscented uh, because if I end up, for whatever reason, not using any for a while, um, it's fine for a couple of days. It's so strong. Um, that you're actually fine if you don't even put any new on for a day or two. So I like it. I don't have any particular problem in that area of BO, but I but I just want to make sure I don't ever bust out. And so I use Mitchum Sport. And then guys have asked me what I use to shave. Um, I would love to use a straight razor every day. I would love to you know do it the old old cowboy style. But I can't do that because I travel so much. Whatever I use, I want to use consistently. So I really can't use electric razors. And I, of course, can't take a what looks like a knife on an airplane. So I use the Extreme 3 disposable uh, razors. Um, really quality, really good. Um, again, if I would do something else except that I'm traveling about half my life. And so whatever I use at home I, I, is what I, have, I want to use on when I travel because I don't want to have two systems. And again, you can't take a sharp object on a plane. I usually don't check luggage if I can avoid it. Uh, and you often, when I, where I travel, they don't let you take electronic devices either. So um, I've just settled into using Extreme 3. Okay, And then um, finally, uh, some guys have asked me, what is my what are my biggest challenges as a man? What are my biggest challenges as a man? And I'll tell you what they are. The number one challenge in kind of a positive sense is that I don't get enough adventure. Um, I'm a guy who has skydived. I am a guy who has scuba dived. I have uh, sailed. Uh, you know, out on the ocean, trips, long trips on the ocean. I, you know, I, I like adventure, but. Um, just my life as it's currently configured with lots of speaking, lots of work in offices, lots of uh, television stuff, lots of, you know, car, planes, trains and automobiles kinds of thing. Um, I don't have as much adventure. Uh, I don't I, I work out hard, but um, I'd like I'd love to do a hunting trip a year. I'd love to sail, you know, somewhere <laughs> at length. Uh, I'd love to do more of that kind of stuff. Now I ride, can ride horses or I can, you know, I've done other things like that. I shoot, but uh, I don't have as much adventure in my life as I would like. I have a very good life, but I don't, that's one thing I'm missing. And I'm going to try to see if I can up that in the years to come. And in terms of internally as a man, one of the hardest things for me, and I, I really don't know why, because I don't feel like uh, I'm this small and snarling, but forgiveness is my biggest problem. Um, I feel like my, my soul sometimes is coated by Velcro offenses stick, not minor offenses. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not offended easily. And I'm a pretty easygoing, happy guy and pleasant to be around. I think I'd hope I'm not complimenting myself too much there, but I, I think I'm an easygoing guy, but betray me, wrong me in a major way. Um, show me friendship and then reverse, uh, or man, I have a hard time coming back from that. I really, really do. Um, I've had a couple of friends who have had horrible things, uh, criminal things happen to their families, and they've ended up going to the prison and forgiving the person who had um, had killed a daughter or raped a, a wife. Uh, I just sit in awe and look at that kind of thing. I, uh, both as a Christian and as a man, I want to be uh, a man who's more forgiving. And again, I'm I'm not snarling and angry and you know bitter and you know sitting in my <laughs> my office, you know, concocting bombs to mail to people or something. I just know in my heart um, 
even though I might treat these people well, that I, I haven't fully let go of it. And it's one of the challenges of my life. Frankly, I haven't been betrayed or hurt in major ways that much. But when it happens, I have a hard time coming back from it. So uh, that's where it is with me. And that's how uh, I've been deeply, deeply impacted that, by that. Now, listen, I want to remind you, audiobook of Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, you version reading plan, Bible reading plan based on Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Get it. Also, send us questions. I'll be doing this from time to time. I love getting questions from you. I love answering them rapid fire. You probably had to slow down the audio speed on this podcast so I could get everything in. But hang with us. Pull in. Some exciting things are happening with Great Man. We're going to be talking about it more. But send us your questions. And every so often, I'll do one of these Q&A podcasts. Great to have you with me. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. 